The Hoosiers are back in the NCAA tournament, but as that kind of cursed four seed, are they on upset watch? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. It's always hard to be the team that is kind of on upset watch because there's just not really a lot you can do to not sound like a homer. You can sit here and say, no, we shouldn't be on upset watch. We're better than that. But that's kind of the whole premise of upsets, that you think you're the better team and then suddenly, boom, you lose and you're left picking up the pieces while uh, everybody else is laughing at you and remembering it and you're in one shining moment for all the wrong reasons. That being said, it's I, I think there's an argument you can make why the Hoosier should and should not be on upset watch. It, it's It's one of those things that, you can kind of pick without real consequence. I can sit here and say, man, I really like uh, Kent State to upset Indiana. And then if Indiana goes on and wins, then it's like, ah, well, they're the favorite. They should have won. So you're going to see it a lot in the coming days. Don't get too upset by it. It's the trendy 13 over a four seed type of upset. They happen. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not valid to kind of predict those and there's going to be whole articles or segments of television shows dedicated to which four seed or which five seed is going to lose in the first round. It's probably going to happen. I don't think all eight of those teams are going to move to the second round. The trick is not being the one or couple of teams that is upset, but the, the honest truth is with this Indiana team, they kind of put themselves in this position to be considered an upset candidate. I've sat here how many times after games, typically after losses, and said I use inconsistency is going to come back to bite them at some point this season. This is that point. Like, this is when that happens. If IU comes out flat like they did against Iowa, if IU has a long offensive struggle like they've had Pick a game, especially recently. The the recent games have kind of followed a formula where it's start off fast, go into this big offensive lull, fight back, whether against Maryland, they took the lead, against Penn State, they tied the game. And from that point, the the ending kind of differs. Uh, Even against Michigan, it followed this same pattern. They won against Michigan. They won against Maryland. They didn't win against Penn State. But it's that same type of pattern, and that's not a consistent pattern even throughout the, a game, let alone if you go bigger picture and look throughout a season and the, the highs and the lows Indiana has had. They shouldn't have two losses to Iowa, especially the way they lost the second game. They shouldn't have two losses to Northwestern. Within each of those games, you saw the lows and the highs of Indiana, and each time the hole they dug was too big for them to come crawling out of. So... It's their own fault if they're gonna if they're gonna be the focus of these uh, these segments, these articles of of being on upset watch. That's why they're a four seed and not a two seed or a three seed, 
because they've had these inconsistent patches throughout the season. Really, they're kind of a high-variance team. When you look at them, the floor is low. The floor is losing in the first round to Kent State and really embarrassing yourselves and taking this special kind of fun season, this special player in Trace Jackson Davis, and to be frank, wasting him. Wasting him, wasting what's probably going to be Jalen hood Shafino's one season in Bloomington. You go out in the first round, that's completely wasted. You you remember hardly anything about this season. You remember that you beat Purdue twice uh, during the regular season, and that's pretty much your highlight. You can't even really brag about that because then the retort's going to be, well, you lost in the first round of the the tournament. So that's your floor. You You waste those two players in this talented team that you have but at the same time the ceiling is a dark horse final four team i guess i mean depending on what night you watched indiana after that purdue game on the road stuff like that you saw how many people were hyping up indiana and talking about them as a dark horse final four team and things like that it's fitting that they followed up that performance with getting beaten down by iowa because that's kind of the if there's if there's two games I think that best describe this Indiana team, it's winning at Purdue and then following up by losing at home against Iowa in a game you were blown out. IU was not in that game at any point against Iowa. That pretty much perfectly encapsulates this team. Having said all that, having said, having kind of offered warnings, what I would say we're going to do a deeper dive into Kent State, probably, uh, possibly tomorrow's show. We're going to have someone come on from the Kent State student newspaper, uh, also named Jacob, to uh, talk to us about Kent State. So we'll learn more about them. But looking at it broadly, Kent State isn't really the profile of a team that has given Indiana problems. I think one of the biggest things that tends to give Indiana problems is uh three-point shooting if you look at Penn State if you look at that Iowa game uh Iowa hit 13 threes on 23 attempts in that game uh both Penn State games uh the Northwestern game wasn't as much three-point shooting they kind of spaced the floor though they did knock down especially in the first half of that second game they ended up going eight of 33 but they were hitting a bunch early on they went 7 of 19 in the first game. But I think three-point shooting is one of the biggest things that hurts Indiana when you can spread the floor out and knock down threes. IU hasn't matched up well with that this year. You look at this Kent State team, they're 141st and three-pointers attempted per field goal attempted. So pretty much bang average in terms of how often they shoot threes. You can compare that to Penn State and they are 10th. So a vastly different team than a Penn State. Uh, Northwestern is 78th. A vastly different team than Northwestern. Even Iowa, uh, they're 182nd, but they're a better three-point shooting team than Kent State is. Uh, So largely speaking, there's a pattern that that kind of emerges when looking at some of these IU losses. Um, it's not always there. I mean, I, I just mentioned that Northwestern Michigan state didn't beat IU by just, uh, necessarily bombing away from three though. They did hit some 
really tough ones throughout the game. They ended up hitting 10. But the the larger point is, if you look at this Kent State team, they're not a good three-point shooting team. They shoot 33.2% or 217th in the country. So they don't really take threes in. They don't really make threes. And if you're going to try to play the same type of game against Indiana, I kind of favor Indiana. This isn't a team that's great offensively. Uh, even having played in the MAC, they're 110th in offense, uh, adjusted efficiency. They don't turn the ball over, and that's kind of the big part that factors into that. But they're also kind of above average at, at uh, inside the arc and below average on threes. The very interesting note is they play at almost the exact tempo that Indiana has played at. IU is 142nd. Uh, Kent State is 144th. If you're going to play the same way Indiana plays, if you're not going to be able to knock down three-pointers and space the floor, I, I'm struggling. I know I'm wearing cream and crimson tinted glasses. I'm struggling to find the way Indiana loses that game because then you're allowing Trace Jackson Davis to get in the post and play at that speed. You're allowing Jalen hood Shafino to run ball screens. And when nothing else has worked this season, those two have, with very few exceptions. It's not to say that this is guaranteed win, but that would be the case I would make to push back against those upset bids. They're still going to be out there, and they are out there. And we're going to take a look at some of the predictions for IU across some notable places uh, here in one moment. Before we do that, it's March, guys. There's not a better time to be betting than during the NCAA tournament. And there's not a better place to use than FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. The Hoosiers, I believe, were coming in at about a four-point favorite. That's what they are on Ken Palm. We'll look more at Ken Palm in a minute, but uh, the Hoosiers are right around four or five points. I like that. I, I there's a good chance I'd take that line. It like I just laid out the case for why I think the Hoosiers are going to win this game. We'll get a better sense of it later as the week goes on, but I like that for Indiana. Uh, plus, though, with FanDuel, they let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same-game parlays. If you think Trace is going to have a big night, if you think the Hoosiers are going to win, combine all that together, make yourself a lot of money. Don't miss out with, or don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Big shout out to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Breakdown. That show was live today. I tuned in, uh, paid attention to that one. They had uh, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton with Locked On College Basketball, Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Big 12, Locked On uh, Pac-12. They had everyone there representing to give you everything you need to know about college basketball. It's a must before you go and fill out your bracket. So find the episode on Locked On College Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, give that a listen today. Let's take a look at some predictions. I'm going to put one of these up on the board right now. 538 uh, has a fascinating kind of interactive graphic that uh, we're going to throw up there. It not only lets you know who they predict to win each individual game, it lets you know percentage chance of getting to whatever round. Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, second round. You can see when you're not hovering over anything, it tells you the one seeds, uh, but it also shows you who's the favorites overall. Like, for example, they have Gonzaga as the favorite out of the West. Uh, while it's one seeds everywhere else, we're obviously interested in Indiana. So let's zoom in up here and take a look at the Hoosiers, who they put at a 74% chance of winning against Kent State. That's one of the higher probabilities. Um, Again, this is kind of the nature of upsets, though. Nobody really goes into an upset and says... And, like, Kent State isn't favored or it wouldn't be an upset. So, like, this is the nature of them, but this is a very strong lean towards Indiana in this one. 74% chance of getting to the round of 32. Maybe more interestingly is nearly a 50-50 shot at getting to the Sweet 16. The next favorite is Miami at 26%. I use it 47%. To get to the Sweet 16, Drake's at 15%, Kent State at 11%. So the Hoosiers are not only favorites, favorites excuse me, to um, make the Sweet 16, or excuse me, the Hoosiers are not only the favorites against Kent State, they're heavy favorites to make the Sweet 16. Now, it does kind of dwindle out there. It's a 15% chance of getting to the Elite Eight because Houston has a 59% chance of getting to the Elite Eight. The Hoosiers are the second most likely team to get there, which you would expect because they're the four seed, Uh, and then Miami at 6%. So it is Miami, or excuse me, Auburn at 9% is actually the next most favorite. So Indiana, I think if they get to the Sweet 16, they're playing with house money in this, and you get a shot at the number one team. At that point, you... uh, you're going to you're going to swing for the fences without I think any kind of regrets, any kind of pressure. There is a 7% chance of them getting to the final four. I didn't even really look at how that fits with everyone else. Iowa State's at 6%, Xavier at 5%, uh Texas at two, 22%. So the Hoosiers actually are the th- third most likely team to get out of this bracket with Houston being first, Texas being second, Indiana being third. Hey, I like it. Uh, I'll ride with that. 
that being said, Houston has a 41% chance of making the final four. So they're going to be the odds on favorite. They should be fair enough to them, but Indiana's got a shot, a, a pretty decent shot at that. You can take a look at some other places. We mentioned Ken Palm. Not only do they have the Hoosiers favored by four points at 73-69, they have Indiana with a 63% uh, win probability. Granted, that's about as low as anyone else has gone. Uh, that is, And Ken Palm, I, I very much trust, and they have a lot of numbers to base this on. 63% is still pretty heavily favored. But it is the lowest of kind of the notable advanced numbers and things like that. The Athletic has, and I'm not even going to pretend I know a lot about this. They have Slingshot, which is a kind of mathematical algorithm that they developed with uh, math professors at Furman to predict upsets. And it seems generally where they find their most success is four and five seeds. The Hoosiers are the... Of the 10 most likely first-round upsets, they are fourth. There's a 30.9% chance of an upset. Virginia is first at 39. Uh, Iowa State at 37.8. A, then a pretty notable jump down to Miami and IU at 31 and 30.9, respectively. So, again, IU's up there, but that's not a great upset percentage chance. It's just one of those things that's hard to... It's hard to parse this stuff because, again, by its nature, an upset is not going to be something that is expected. If you want your wildest prediction of the day, and I had to double-check this. I thought it was a typo when I saw it. I saw somebody say Andy Katz had IU getting to the Final Four with a win over Penn State. And I thought, oh, he accidentally aggregated that wrong. He meant from the Big Ten tournament. I kind of clicked it just to see what they had accidentally aggregated. No, that is bizarrely exactly what Andy Katz said. The Midwest region is going to have a healthy dose of the Big Ten. I, it's wild. It's uh, he has Iowa beating Houston. He has Penn State beating Texas A and M. Uh, he has Penn State beating Texas. He has Penn State beating Iowa State. He has IU beating presumably Iowa and Penn state. Sure. Why not? Let's, let's get wild. I guess I'm not going to pretend to think that that doesn't have a lot of bias tied into it. Andy Katz has done a lot of big 10 games. He's been around the big 10 a lot. I'm not going to pretend that doesn't have a lot of logical leaps because if there are two teams that Indiana has struggled with this year, it is Iowa and Penn State. So to pick them is already wild enough to pick them and pick them to beat two teams that they're 0-4 against this season. Sure, whatever. Penn State has a 40% chance of beating Texas A&M, but a 12% chance at the Sweet 16. Whatever, sure. We'll go with Andy Katz. Why not? Uh, I don't know if he... Had the same type of love for the Big Ten elsewhere. He has Illinois over Arkansas. He has Purdue over Marquette in the East region. Uh, yeah, this man is Big Ten pilled. He has Purdue over Arizona. 
He has UCLA over Indiana. Imagine being that close once again to an IU-Purdue game. He has Purdue winning the national title over UCLA. If IU and Purdue are in the Final Four and IU doesn't make the Final Four or the title game and Purdue does, woof. I don't that's not a scenario a scenario I even really want to live out, though it is wildly unlikely. So there's your there's your wild prediction of the day. We talked all about the men's team. Let's do some of the same discussion for the women's team. There is no upset worries there. We're gonna flip the script. It is Final four watch for the women's team. We'll do all that here in just a minute. As much as I can sit here and talk about avoiding upsets with the men's team, you have to totally switch your mindset when talking about the women's team. I'm not saying that there's no shot in an upset. I'm saying IU is um, about as heavily favorited as possible to make the final four. We're going to go to the same place we were just at with 538. Again, if you guys are on YouTube, you will see this. If you're not on YouTube, you should be. I've been trying to do more video stuff like this to incentivize you to come to YouTube, but you can look here. I don't even have to move anything. The default shows you top right is Indiana all the way to the national title game against South Carolina. Sure, a uh, a wild, wild mindset to have because that's just not who IU women's basketball has been. When they went to the Elite Eight a couple of years ago, it felt, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like, you just did never really envisioned IU women's basketball doing that. It's a credit to Terry Morin. We kind of discussed earlier this year that what would success look like for the women's team at the time I kind of flirted with the idea of like if this team doesn't get to a final four it's gonna feel like a missed opportunity at the very least having seen the bracket having read some of the analysis IU are a pretty clear winner when it comes to this bracket and how things played out for them at this point having this context now if IU doesn't make the Final Four, it's a, I don't want to say it's a failure of a season, but it's not far removed from that. ESPN talked about the biggest winners and losers from uh, just the bracket and the seeding, and the Hoosiers were in the winners um, because they also don't have a ton of other national champions in the uh, in their bracket, if I zoom in on a little bit so we can see their bracket a little bit better, the only team that has won any kind of national title, it's not a team, it's a coach. The only coach that has done it is Kim Mulkey at LSU, but she won those titles with Baylor. And LSU are, they're on upset alert as a three seed. We'll leave it at that. But uh, they said their kind of rationale is uh, as befits a number one seed, IU should be favored in every potential matchup on its path to Dallas. And you can see on 538, not only are they favored, they're the second most likely team to make the Final Four. We've spent all year talking about how good South Carolina is. This is a visual representation of that. They have South Carolina as a 91% chance to make the final four. 
it's hard to even wrap your head around. They have Maryland in their region. We saw Maryland up close and personal. Maryland's really damn good. Diamond Miller is incredible. This is as that that might be the best way to explain how good South Carolina is. South Carolina is your overall favorite, a 64% chance to win the title. 64% chance to win the title. Obscene. It doesn't even feel that far off. But the Hoosiers are second in about every regard to that. They have an 8% chance to win the title, which in any other year would feel great. But you can kind of compare that to other places. Stanford at a 7% chance. UConn at a 5% chance. Virginia Tech at a 2% chance. Uh, You can look at Iowa with a 3% chance. So the Hoosiers are the second most likely team to win the title. They're just a huge jump from 64 to 8. I think getting to the Final Four should be the kind of first concern with this Indiana team. Getting out of the first weekend. Like they're going to, coaches speak, they're going to take it one weekend at a time. I use greater than a 99% chance to win against an opponent we don't even know yet. And then a 95% chance to win against either Oklahoma State or Miami. There's a not unrealistic unrealistic scenario where both the men and women's team play Miami this weekend for a shot at the Sweet 16, which I'm fine with me. Let's beat them both and call them the Miami Hoosiers then. I'm not really sure how that works, but we'll look into it. After that, they're probably based just on chalk, going to play Villanova. 80% chance to win that game. (laughs) Absurd. Again, if they win that, you're probably looking at LSU or Utah. Again, just based on they're the highest seeds. Utah has a really talented player. I use a 54% chance to make the Final Four. So, wild stuff. There's a 33% chance of them getting to the national title game, which I would imagine is probably the highest. UConn's a 23% chance. And if you're just looking on this half of the bracket, that's going to be the second highest. So, the Hoosiers are... Heavy favorites. LSU is a 15% chance at making the national title game. So there's your three most likely teams to make the title game on that side of the bracket. And it's heavily favoring Indiana. What a time to be alive. You can look at potential South Carolina IU matchups. We might. That's so far down the road. But we might just to have some fun. Right now IU is obviously going to be focused on its bracket and its Bloomington-based bracket right now. But it's hard not to look ahead. Indiana hasn't done it all year, which is kind of why I'm comfortable doing this. Indiana hasn't really looked ahead. They haven't had the inconsistency problems that the men's team has had. If they continue doing that, they could be playing for a national title in April, which is super, super cool to think about. So we have a lot more to talk about this week. We're going to, as I mentioned, be discussing Kent State with a student writer over at Kent State, most likely on tomorrow's episode. We're recording it uh, tomorrow, or excuse me, recording it tonight, but it should be available to go tomorrow. Going to try to get someone on to talk women's basketball, both IU, Big Ten, everything. So we'll look into that as well, but it's going to be a fun week. 
want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. We will be back tomorrow to preview the IU or the Kent State Golden Flashes. What a name. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball. We mentioned them earlier. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton. They're going to have you covered throughout the week. Make sure you bring your bracket to every episode so you know who who your upsets are, who your favorites are, who your final four picks are, everything like that. Available wherever you guys listen to podcasts. Big thanks to all you guys for following us on Twitter, subscribing, all the love you've been showing us. It's going to be an awesome week. As always, though, guys, hope you have a great, great Tuesday. Hope your brackets are are starting to come along nicely. But most importantly, LEO.